All right, all right. Hey, keep clapping for those that are watching us right now live online and welcome them into our experience today. Um, man, it's hard to believe that uh, something huge is coming and that we, we, loved, we love our At The Movies emphasis. It's one of the highlights of our year and that's going to be actually happen, happening on November the 12th. And we wanted to plant the seed now simply because it's such an incredible invite opportunity for those especially that may not normally go to church. And we just want to encourage you to invite a friend, a coworker, a family member, somebody that you know to be a part of this incredible experience that as we get to uh, really see um, some, some, some amazing movies and, and, and take those transferable truths and apply them to our lives where it's really where church and the movies come together and it really is an, an amazing time and experience and uh, as you came in today there is uh, this little card that we would encourage you to fill out and we need really all hands on deck um, to participate if you want to help in any capacity we're looking for folks to serve on our at the movies dream team and that could be literally anything from the concessions aspect to it to the character aspect to it, to all the things that we're going to build into that. So we hope you'll take advantage of that. You can drop that in the offering bucket at the end of the service. And then, of course, as you heard a few moments ago, next weekend is our Family Fun Day event. Make sure you take one of these, invite a friend to join you. That's going to be happening immediately after our 11 o'clock service over at Lake Nona. That way you guys can come here and then take a quick break and gather everybody together and meet us over there. And uh, we're going to have all kinds of opportunities and activities for the kids. And we're encouraging them to bring their costumes, wear their costumes. It's going to be a fun day in church and it's going to be an awesome time. Listen, we have um, so many things going on right now. I'm, I'm just kind of, honestly, I'm just kind of blown away by all the great stepping stone opportunities that we are involved in as a church. And uh, we have our big vision weekend coming up on uh, November the 4th which is going to be um, just a powerful, powerful day. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things as far as just the vision of where we've been, where we're at, where we believe God is taking us. But I've invited a friend to be with me on that particular day. His name is Lane Schranz. And Lane is one of the most influential church leaders in the world. Uh, he represents the second largest church in America, known as Church of the Highlands there in Birmingham, Alabama. I think they have around 20 campuses, uh, well over 60,000 people in a normal weekend at all 20 of their campuses across the state of Alabama. He was their very first staff hire. He's been there for all of these years, and now he, he runs what they call the Grow Network of Churches around the world. Um, he's going to be with us on that day, and we're going to talk a lot about vision. We're going to talk a lot about um, the state of the church and really just some things that I think we need to be challenged with. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that special day on November the 4th. And with all that said, uh, from an outreach perspective, we're doing a lot to reach people right here in our city and our community. But in times of need and times of tragedy, like Hurricane Michael and the impact it had uh, there on the panhandle of our state, uh, a door of opportunity opened up for us this past week. We were already in the midst of trying to do something as a church to uh, send supplies and to work with some um, ministry partners and affiliates there. And then a friend of mine uh, that uh, many of you may know or know him of as Trooper Steve with Channel 6 News. He's been a uh, Florida State Trooper for many, many years. Um, he's actually with us today. In fact, Steve, come on up here real quick. And uh, y'all do me a favor and give Steve a round of applause as he's making his way up here. 
Steve is, uh, man, you're, you even represent, man. You got, you, got, you got your new six logo on and everything. But Steve is um, going to be partnering with us. We're actually leaving on Wednesday. Wednesday morning, and just right. in a nutshell, share the opportunity that we have to go to Mexico Beach. You're on. Um, basically, for those that don't know, and if you do watch Channel 6 in the morning, thanks. If you don't, maybe you should watch. Um, <laughs> Basically, I actually started my law enforcement career in Mexico Beach. So I was stationed at Tyndall Air Force Base uh, while I was doing active duty. I started my law enforcement career there. Many people had no clue where Mexico Beach was until this storm happened. And sitting around, I've been with WKMG for about a year now, and I was just sitting there. I was like, we've got to do something. I, we've got to do something. I went to my boss. They're like, all right, figure out what you want to do. I was at Taste of Nona. Uh, I ran into Michelle, and she was like, are you kidding me? Rodney and I are trying to figure this out right now. And I said, let's do this. Um, and so I have been able to put together a full police escort from here in Orlando all the way up to ground zero in Mexico Beach to get this entire... Thank you. It's awesome. To get this entire thing, uh, this entire, all the way up there, the, the, from the every piece of donations that we get from both locations to include everything that FHP is collecting and New Six will go all the way up. And of course we leave Wednesday morning and it's incredible the outreach, not only on social media and uh, everyone reaching out to the news that's heard of it, the church who has reached out to me via other uh, forms. It's incredible. So we're gonna be able to do this. We're gonna get up there and just do something. I, I just, I had to say it, that last song really Reckless love. A lot of people put reckless as a bad term. But when you put those two together, hurricane's not going to stop us. It's, it's not going to slow us down. We're going to get up there. You've seen the pictures. We've got to get up there and do something. We're going to do it. So I appreciate it for you guys for allowing me into y'all's heart. And I appreciate for just coming along on this mission. And let's do this. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Steve, one more time. And he's going to head over to our... Lake Nona campus at this time, and, and uh, Steve, we're excited about the opportunity to partner with you guys and New Six, and uh, we're going to be going up on Wednesday, we're going to go right into the heart of the most devastating part of the panhandle there that uh, obviously has been uh, greatly impacted through the hurricane, and um, we're going to give them a lot of hope and help and supplies, and so thank you for being the generous church that you are, and thank you, Steve, for oh, thank helping you. pave the way, so that's awesome. Awesome, guys. You bet. I'll see you. Well, I'm excited, and uh, I want to encourage you to, uh, it's not too late. You can bring supplies tomorrow and, um, and on Tuesday if you would like, but we're leaving extremely early on Wednesday morning, and we're going to be packing our trailer, our Rethink Life trailer, along with another rig, just like the one that we took to Houston last year, and uh, we're going we're gonna to fill it up with supplies, and we're going to go give hope to those that desperately, desperately need it. Well, we're in a series that we've been calling Relationships Made Simple. And uh, we're excited because we've been learning a lot. In fact, week one, we talked about friendships made simple. Last week, Michelle and I talked about marriage made simple. And uh, if you missed any of those weeks, I would encourage you to go and watch them, rewatch them there online. And today, what I wanna talk about is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And it's the issue of parenting made simple. How many of you got kids? Let me see your hands. All right. Well, a lot of you have children, I'm sure, at different phases and stages of your life. And uh, I know that for many of you, your grandparents, uh, some of you may be single, maybe some of you have young children. And, and um, I, I can just say from my own personal experience that parenting never stops. I mean, it really doesn't. But one of the greatest joys that we have and privileges that we have 
is raising the next generation. Now, real quick, I just want to share with you before some of you may check out and say, oh, well, this is irrelevant to me, or hey, I needed this sermon a long time ago. Um, or you may be thinking, you know, I don't even have kids, I don't even married. Well, before you just kind of like check out, I want to share something with you that I think is very important. I think sometimes we're guilty of making this whole subject matter of family relationships and parenting more complicated than really what it should be. You know, if you were here last week, you heard me talk about something that, that I created into something that, that was so complicated, and yet the simplicity of it was literally in the palm of my hand. Uh, Michelle and I had another one of those experiences but this, this past week. We were in uh, at the mall, the Florida Mall. We went into uh, the Sleep Number store. Have you ever been to a Sleep Number store? It's one of those stores they sell the Sleep Number, you know, mattresses, and of course, they're supposed to be different, you know, from all the other mattresses. You know, it's a Sleep Number, and I'm thinking, what the heck is a sleep number? So we go into the store, and of course, they make you lay down. They give you a little demonstration. And the whole thing is, is that you got to pick your number. You got to figure out your right number. And your right number basically represents whether you like it hard, whether you like it soft. And you make all the adjustments. You can kind of push the button. You know, you can kind of you can kind of dial it in, dial it out from the standpoint of making it harder or softer. Michelle, she's been, we've gone through three mattresses since we've moved. And um, she's even had a messed up shoulder. She's been uncomfortable, and as soon as we find one that she likes, I can't sleep. I don't like it, and so vice versa, and so it's just been like crazy. So we've been through three mattresses, and we're like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just, it should be so simple, and yet we've made it so complicated, and I think the same is true even when it comes to raising children. I know for myself, sometimes you have to just kind of look yourself in the, in the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror, remind yourself of really what matters the most, and today we're going to really talk about that and unpack some things and make what can be intimidating. Sometimes we feel inadequate. Sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, and I think what we're going to do today is we're going to learn that it doesn't have to be that way. We can take something that can be often complicated and complex and I think we can simplify it the way God intended. I know this to be true. And this really goes for all of us in this room. You are the sum total of three things in your life. If you were to ask me really what has shaped my life, if I were to ask you what has shaped your life, we all would agree to the fact that we are the sum total of our relationships, the sum total of our experiences, and we are the sum total of our decisions that we've made in our lives. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, think about that. Our relationships, our experiences in life, and our decisions. Those three areas of our lives have really molded us and shaped us into the people that we are today. And I think what happens sometimes is we don't realize the impact of those relationships and those experiences and those choices in terms of how much of an impact they truly do have. As a matter of fact, when you think about our experiences in life, whether they be good, bad, painful, you know, whatever the situation or experience may have been, chances are those experiences in your life had a relationship attached to it. In other words, there was somebody that you experienced you know, that moment with. There was, there was a situation, there was a, there, was a, there was a person in that experience that affected you one way or the other. When you think about your, your relationships when it comes to the decisions you've made, 
When you think about the choices or the decisions you've made along life's journey, chances are there were some people in your life, some friends, whoever, that influenced you, whether it was in a good way or a bad way, that led you to making the decisions that you've made. So it would be safe to say that relationships are vital, and they impact our experiences. They impact, you know, when it comes to the choices that we make. So when you think about relationships, the, the most important relationships that you have and I have are really these three relationships. Our, it's our relationships with our parents. Our parents shape us, mold us in, in more ways than we could possibly ever imagine. And not only is it our relationships with our parents, but our relationships or lack thereof with God. Many of you perhaps were raised in Christian homes. Some of you were not raised in Christian homes. And so God may not even have been a part of the equation in your home as it relates to your relationship with your parents. So relationship with your parents, your relationship with God or lack thereof, and your relationships with those outside of your home, whether it be good or bad. Those three areas of your life have a profound impact on us. And so when you think about the responsibility that we have as parents, we have a profound, we have a profound responsibility to influence the next generation so that, kind of like the sleep mattress, the sleep number I talked about a few moments ago, you can make the necessary adjustments to dial it in or to dial it out, to, 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 to turn it up or to turn it down. We have the opportunity if we keep in mind that God has given to us an incredible responsibility to influence the next generation. So here's the thing. There are four stages or phases of parenting that a lot of times we fail to realize. The first stage uh, in parenting is what I'll call the discipline years. Those are the years, you know, between one and five. And sometimes if you're a new parent, you feel like you're kind of just stuck in this phase like forever. You know, it's like you're chasing your kids all the time. You're disciplining your kids all the time. It's like, man, I'm just, I'm just constantly disciplining my children. And then there, go, there, there goes to a, another phase, and that is, that's the training years. The training years usually go from five to 12. That's where we start kind of getting them adjusted to, you know, how to do certain things, whether it's time their shoe or you know putting on their clothes or whatever those are the simple things that we're training them how to do and so the first two years of the discipline and the first the first five years 12 years of the training aspect are significant years those are foundational years and sometimes once again you feel like man those years just kind of last forever and then we get into the third season and that season is the what I call the coaching years those are the adolescent transitional years of their lives and sometimes this can be a very uh, challenging season when it comes to the kids becoming more and more independent, um, when it comes to, you know, their quest to, to get outside of the house and make their own decisions. And then the last season or phase of parenting is what I call the friendship years. And that's really after they graduate from high school, they move on, they become adults, and the beauty of that phase and stage of the relationship is that truly now they become adults and hopefully we can relate to one another as adults so we can enjoy the companionship and the friendship that we have with our children. But here's the thing, what happens with a lot of parents, unfortunately, if they bypass the first 12 years when it comes to setting the tone, laying the foundation, doing the necessary discipline, doing the necessary training, and they overlook those areas to where once they reach the teenage years, that's when they kind of like, 
clamp down and that's when they start disciplining their children? Well, guess what? You just invited World War III into your home. Because the parenting responsibility at that point is pretty much over. From the standpoint of the discipline and the training and the reason why is because if we bypass the discipline and the training years and we start focusing on disciplining our children when, from the standpoint of trying to control our teenagers from what they do and what they don't do, where they go and this and that, well, what happens is we come up with this, or excuse me, we're confronted with this reality is that, oh, they're bigger than us now. Whereas before, I used to be able to pick them up and pick them, you know, put them down, you know? And now they're bigger, in, uh, bigger than us, and now I can't do that quite as easily. And so what happens is, is we want to clamp down and bring more control in those teenage years when all of a sudden now it's met with resistance. Now it's met with, 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 with conflict. And what happens is, is a lot of parents, they want to focus on the discipline years and the training years of being friends, because they don't want to be rejected by their children. They want to be liked by their children. Therefore, a lot of times we become lenient. We, we give a lot more latitude to our children because we want to be their best buddy. You don't want to be your best buddy to your middle schooler. We have to be their coach. We have to speak the truth in love. We have to navigate them because it's so important that we realize that every phase and stage requires different areas of responsibility and guidance that God has given to us as it relates to the impact and influence we have over our children. So let me take something really complex and hopefully bring it down to the simplicity of what I think is, is very important when it comes to the, the four truths that I, that I want to implement and share with you that, that not only have we tried to implement, but I think this is so important for all of us to implement as families. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And I love how the Amplified translation really captures this. And the Amplified says it this way in Ephesians 4, 6. Excuse me, 6, 4. Fathers, and you could also insert the word mothers in there. Parents, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness and the discipline and instruction of the Lord." So in essence, what Ephesians is teaching us is this. There is a, there is a bringing up process. There is, a, there is an instructional process. There is a time and a season that we have to be able to leverage the influence in our, over their lives where we are helping dial in their relationship with us, dial in their relationship with God, dial out the wrong influences in their lives as far as the wrong friends, and dial them in to the right kind of relationships that they need so that they can flourish and grow and become ultimately who God created them to be. So what is our role? There are four things. Number one, if you take notes, is this, and that is we have to love them unconditionally. Now, obviously, that's keeping it simple. Loving them unconditionally sounds like I'm stating the obvious, but we live in a world today where everything is based on terms and conditions, and we have these certain expectations. And what happens is, is that naturally we can kind of, we can, we can overstep our boundaries to where the focus is more on the performance rather than on the person. 
So we're putting more time and attention on the performance aspect of their lives. And we fail sometimes to focus on the person themselves. And what we've got to understand, just like we talked about last week, there is no way in the world that I can love my wife, Michelle, if I have never felt truly loved by God. I will always be limited. There will be, in, there, there, there will be insecure moments in my life when it comes to how I give love and how I receive love if I have no understanding of how much I'm truly loved by God. I cannot give to her what I have never received myself. The same is true in the parenting relationship. And so what we've got to do is we've got to give the same gift that we would give to our spouse when it comes to the unconditional love and the security that comes with that. We've got to give the greatest gift of all, and that's the gift of security to our kids, knowing that they are not only loved by God, but they are loved by us, not based on what they do, but based on who they are. I love what the scripture says in Psalm 139, verses 17, 13 through 17, where the psalmist said, you made all of my delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. That's exactly the way God feels towards you. When he looks at you, you need to understand that he sees you with love beyond anything you could possibly imagine. He sees you as, listen, he sees you as a person who is acceptable. He sees you as a person who is valuable. Listen, he sees you because he created you as a person who is also forgivable and a person who is capable. Imagine if our kids... When they, when they think about mom and dad, when they associate mom and dad with their life, they believe in their heart of hearts that mom and dad love me. They love me sacrificially and unconditionally. They gave me that sense of security in my life because they helped me to understand. They made me feel that I was valuable, that I was forgivable that I was capable, that I was acceptable. More than anything else, that's the love that my parents demonstrated to me. So we gotta understand to simplify parenting, hey, we've gotta show, we gotta give the greatest gift of all and that is the gift of unconditional love. We gotta love them unconditionally. Number two, we gotta lead them spiritually. We gotta lead them spiritually. I think what happens a lot of times is that this is an area where a lot of parents, they know that this is something they should do and something they could do, but a lot of parents feel inadequate. A lot of parents feel like, well, well nobody really did that for me, so therefore I don't know really that I could do that for my children. Listen, with God all things are possible. Do you believe that? God's given you everything you need to influence your children spiritually. One of the greatest joys that Michelle and I had was being there and being a part of the experience where, where we had the privilege and the joy of helping lead all three of our children to Jesus Christ. I'll never forget our son Luke, who's here on the platform today helping lead worship. He literally was back there in that corner in a circle during Adventure Week where he put his faith in Jesus Christ and made him the Lord of his life. 
And it's awesome to see, you know, children grow and progress and develop and mature in their faith. But it's awesome to know that we can have a role in that. One of the greatest joys that I had was being able to help baptize my three children. And one of the things I always encourage parents to do, and you, listen, I'm extending an invitation to you. On November the 4th, we're going to be having baptism after our services. And if you as a parent want to circle your family together and participate in water baptism, and as a mother, as a father, even have the opportunity to help baptize your children, hey, we embrace that. What an incredible opportunity to help pave the way spiritually in their lives. And not just that, but listen, man, what an incredible opportunity we have to help teach them and to train them and to equip them spiritually in their lives. The greatest single thing that I believe a parent could ever do is to demonstrate to their children, you know what? Jesus is not just another area of importance to our lives and our family. No, 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 no. He is everything to our family he's at the center of who we are it's not just something that we should do no 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 it's who we are as a family Jesus is at the center of our lives he's at the center of our marriage he's at the center of our home and in our family it's like Joshua said he made the he he forced the people to draw the line in the sand and make a decision he said hey you can either go the way of the world you can either serve the false gods, the little G's out there, or you can serve the one true God. He said, I'll tell you right now, this is where me and my family stand. For me and my house, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. This is how we're going to roll. And I think there comes a time as, listen, as husbands and wives and moms and dads, we've got to say, you know what? We are going to be a Christ-centered home. And one of the ways that we do that is we help lead spiritually. We teach them the Word of God. It's the reason why I always encourage families, make sure, get to church. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You're not going to learn anything spiritually if everybody skips out of church, goes to the beach. Go out on the lake. I'm not against all those things, but if we are only seeing church as an opportunity when it's convenient, then that's the message that's being communicated to the next generation. God in church, yeah, those are good things, but only when it's convenient to my life. But here's what we got to do. We got to have the conversation. So Deuteronomy 6, 6 says, I love what Deuteronomy 6, 6, 5, 5 and 6 says. It says, to love God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength, the greatest commandment. And then notice what it says, get them inside of you and get them inside of your children. Talk about them. Have the conversation. Take what was what is said each and every week and continue the conversation. Simply around dinner table or maybe along the way, going to school, just saying, hey, what did you think about this? How do you think that applies to our lives? What do you think we could do as a family to make this become a reality in our home and in our relationships? What are we doing? We're dialing them in to our relationship with them. We're dialing them in to their relationship with God. It's so important. Listen, the YouVersion app, we highly encourage families, get on YouVersion, find a devotional. There are so many tools and resources on there that begin the conversations for you so that parents, once again, can connect with their kids and have spiritual conversations that can ultimately change their destinies forever. So we gotta lead them spiritually. You know, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Listen, if there was just one verse of Scripture we could teach our kids, here's a verse that could change the trajectory of their lives. Think about this. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. What would it look like if our kids learned to trust the Lord with all of their heart? Rather than looking to the things of this world, rather than depending upon, you know, what other people are saying, or what other people are doing, or even depending upon themselves. That's why the next phrase of that verse says, rather than depending on your own understanding, what would it look like if our children, rather than leaning on their own understanding, learn to put their trust in the Lord with all of their hearts? And then in the fork of the road moments, in those experiences, when the wrong crowd is influencing them, hey, when they're with that, with that guy or with that girl or with that group of people, what if those moments, those experiences, the, the, those, those game-changing forks in the road, those choices, those decisions that are staring them in the faith, face, what if we had the ability to help our kids put their trust in the Lord and to seek his will in all that they did and all the people that they hung out with and all the decisions that they made. If they would seek his will in the persons, person that they should date, in the college that they should attend, in the job that they should take, if they would seek his will in all they did. Well, guess what? The outcome would be this. That God would show them which path to take. Man, what an incredible opportunity to teach that truth and that principle and that promise into their hearts and to their minds. The third key is this. So we have, to, we have to love them unconditionally. We have to lead them spiritually. And then thirdly, we have to coach them morally and relationally. One of the greatest highlights we had as a family many years ago uh, actually, it was several summers ago, um, we took a trip, family vacation during the summer in Colorado. And it was an amazing time. We actually went whitewater rafting. And I want you to notice something about this, um, because I think this is such a powerful picture on the coaching years of navigating our kids, especially in those teenage years through the treacherous waters of culture and all the influences negatively that is constantly buying for their, for their attention. But I want you to notice up here, this girl right here, she looked like she was 15 years old. When I saw this girl and, and then I was informed that she was gonna be our guide, I thought to myself, we're all dead. <laughs> there's, no way in the, the, there's no way in the world this girl is going to get us down the river. And sure enough, this girl was amazing. So we all get in, we're strapped in, we put our life jackets on. We didn't have a clue what we were doing, but she was coaching us in everything we need to, needed to do. And once we got down the river and we started going through the treacherous waters, she was, she was yelling out instructions. She was telling us what to do. And the reason why that was so important is simply because we were all focused on everything crashing in, in the boat and around the boat, all the rocks and all the, man, all the danger points. But she was looking and focusing downstream. She knew exactly what we were coming up against. And more than that, she had been down down that river countless times, she knew from personal experience, she knew the lay of the land, she knew the water, she knew everything, and she was able to speak into what we needed to do to safely get down the river. Well, guess what, as parents, 
We've been down this path. We've, we know exactly where the danger points are. We know the harmful influence. We know the cultural currents of our times. We know how difficult it can be. But because we're focused downstream, we can help coach and navigate to steer our kids in the right direction so they can avoid the wrong choices in life. It's so vitally important. And I just want to say this. I think sometimes we, if we're not careful, can let our guards down. And I've been there as a parent. I know, you know, freshman year, it's kind of like we're all over it, you know. Sixth grade year when they're transitioning in the middle school, like we're all over it. By the time they're in eighth grade, I've already been to that teacher meeting. Oh, yeah, we've already done that one. They're juniors now, they're seniors now. Yeah, we don't need to show up there. We don't need to give as much, you know, we don't need to really worry about that because, you know, we, we've already done that. And so what happens is, is we become more hands-off. We let our guard down. And we think, they'll make it. They'll get through this. But what we fail to remember is that where you go determines who you meet. Who you meet determines how you think. How you think determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you do. And what you do reflects ultimately who you become. But it all begins with where we go and who we meet that influences how we think that shapes what we believe that determines what we do that has a profound impact on who we become moms and dads we gotta dial them in we gotta dial them in towards us and our relationship with them we gotta dial them in make whatever necessary adjustments we gotta dial them in to their relationship with God. And we gotta dial in the right kids and we gotta dial out the wrong kids. Y'all with me? And it's so vitally important. We've gotta coach them. We've gotta guide them morally and relationally. I wanna conclude by simply saying this. Our role as parents is really simple. You think about it, it's, it's loving them unconditionally. It is, it is leading them spiritually. It's guiding them morally and relationally. But at some point, we have to release them intentionally. At some point, they're going to become adults. At some point, they're going to leave the house. Michelle and I, we have two kids already out of the house. We got one who's getting ready to, to leave. He's back here behind me. Not yet, not today. And I think sometimes what happens is, is that we fail to realize that, you know what? There is an actual purpose for us releasing them into the world. I love what Proverbs 22 verse 6 says in the Passion Translation. It says, dedicate your children to God. Point them in the way that they should go. And the values they learn from you will be with them for life. Isn't that awesome? Love that. 
See, the goal of parenting is not just to survive so they can eventually get out of the house and hope that somehow, some way, you know, they'll, they'll go to a good college and they'll receive a good education because we sure paid enough for it. And they, they get the great education that they work so hard for that we just literally, you know, just put everything into. They land a great job. Along the way, they find, uh, you know, a, a wonderful young man, a wonderful young lady. They get married, eventually have children, grandchildren, and they all come back home for Christmas. I mean, that's the goal, right? The goal is that when they leave our home and they go to college, they see their college as a mission field to be a light in the midst of darkness. When they leave college and they go into a workplace, wherever that might be, they go into a mission field where they become light, they become salt, where they become agents of change that influence their workplace, their company, their organization, where they are influencers for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not just that, but when they find that young man or that young woman that they say yes to and they invest in that marriage relationship, the goal is that they put Jesus at the center of their marriage and they too help discipline and help train and help coach and help release their children into the world so that generation after generation is being raised up and released to fulfill the purposes of God, to push back the, the gates of hell and to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ so that more and more generations and more and more families can be changed and reached for the glory of God. That's the goal. That's the purpose. That's why it's so important. So let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's dial in the right crowd and dial out the wrong crowd. Let's dial them in to us relationally and let's dial them in to God relationally and let's release them intentionally so they can fulfill God's plans and God's purposes for their lives. So it's very simple. Like it's been said, parenting is simple, but it's not easy. But the simplicity of it is is to love them unconditionally, lead them spiritually, guide them morally and relationally, to release them intentionally, to be agents of change for God's glory. Amen. Inspire our heads together.